Thanks to our malt mates at Cry Malt, this is Beer is a Conversation. I'm Matt Kirkegaard. This week, we continue our tour of the Sunshine Coast with Sunshine Coast Craft Beer Tours. And this week, we visit soon-to-open Boiling Pot Brewery and get to meet the owner, John Scott Medill, and his brewer, Pedro De Luca. Scott's family are well-known for their car dealerships across the Sunshine Coast, but this is his first foray into beer. He has been contract brewing and building his brand across the region for a little over a year, and his brewery and taproom are on the verge of opening in behind Noosa. John discusses his background, which he describes as the cliché of two mates and their dog brewing under their house before he made what he describes as the mistake of declaring he was going to open a brewery. We learn of his path to being on the verge of opening that brewery and the challenges he has experienced along the way. And we also meet his brewer, Pedro Bevilacqua de Luca, and hear about his journey from Brazil to training in Germany to brewing in Noosa. As ever, it's a great chat with two genuine characters. Enjoy the conversation. John McGill and uh, Pedro uh, Delacqua. Um, sorry, I was going to say no. Pedro Delacqua. As soon as I think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pedro Bevilacqua de Luca. De Luca, but I'll it's just easy. say Pedro yeah. de Luca. Thank you very much for joining us on Beer as a Conversation. Pleasure. Thanks for having us. John, starting with you, um, mate, we're, we're doing our swing through the Sunshine Coast and yeah. you are the next in line brewery. We've seen a couple uh, open up. Last night we uh, had the guys at Heads at Noosa. Yeah. We've just been through your construction phase. Tell us a little bit about uh, John McGill and how did you come to be building a brewery? Reading through that article about two mates brewing uh, under a house somewhere, there's definitely a dog in there and I was reading that the other day having a good old chuckle because uh, I'm not going to lie, we definitely fit that cliche, um, that's sort of you know where, where the idea of, of starting a brewery um, began. Uh, you know, so uh, probably about three years ago now, um, definitely started to take notice of what was going on in the, in the beer scene and started, you know, like many do, started trying new beers, so on and so forth. And then, uh, one thing led to another, started to learn how to brew and this, that and the other, and then decided one day to make an announcement that we were going to build a brewery. Uh, Can't go back from that. Mate, uh, that's, that's a, uh, that's a dangerous statement. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so uh, it was very much, you know, the day we'd made and put that out there, um, it was on. And, I, you know, I think it's a bit like, oh, it's a bit like a bug. It's sort of uh, a passion that you're drawn to um, once you've made that commitment. You know, um, yeah, definitely for me anyway, everything's about being working towards that goal of, of creating the brewery and, and getting things started. So going back before that um, three-year period when you discovered beer and started getting into it, what, what what's your background? What what, what did you do yeah. uh, work-wise before that? Yeah, so I work in a family business up here. Uh, my grandfather started an automotive business back in 1935 here in the in the uh, in the in the area. So uh, I'm a third generation, um, you know, uh, participant in in uh, our automotive business. So we've definitely gotten settled into the area over that time. Um, so that business started up in Gympie, which is about 45 um, uh, minutes up the road from here, and then over time sort of expanded into Noosa and other areas of the Sunshine Coast. 
Yeah, so that's uh, predominant, with the exception of a three-year sabbatical over in London doing God knows what, running a mark. That's that's been uh, my program up until now. Are you allowed back into London? I guess is the question when you say you're running a muck. Uh, I, I have been back. Um, <laughs> Changes yeah, names several times. Yeah, so. well, I do have dual citizenship, so <laughs> okay. I do mix the passports up a bit just to be evasive. But uh, yeah, <laughs> all good. So you discovered beer, got into brewing. It, it's still a big step, you know, to, yeah. to go into going, well, let's open a brewery. Yeah, definitely. Look, uh, as I say, you know, I think, you know, once we'd made, um, you know, made the statement, made a commitment... Um, certainly, you know, I say that lightly. We've done a lot of research um, and a lot of a lot of work to get to this stage too. Um, we were very lucky in you know in the process of whilst we were researching, um, some friends of ours up at Mullaney at Brouhaha had some capacity that they very kindly offered us. Not something that they normally do, uh, but they gave us the opportunity to to try our market out you know, without making that huge commitment. Um, and look, you know, we, we were able to take enough from that to, to get a feel for how things might go for us should we move to a commercial operation. And, uh, and that 100% gave us the confidence to, to take the next step into commercial brewing. So, you know, it sounds flippant. Oh, yeah, let's start a brewery, tell everyone, let's do it. There's been more work uh, going to it than that, including you know, a bit of market research and actually, um, you know, we've been in market for a little while now too. But is it one of those things where, you know, once you get the product in your hand, you go, oh, shit, this is real now. Was that kind of like the tipping point or to, to, to I guess, you know, yeah, I, look, bite the bullet and say, no, we're, this is, we're on the right track? Or was it more about sniffing the wind and, and seeing how, particularly in the last few years, this area of Queensland yeah. has really kind of embraced... The yeah. whole sort of craft beer thing. I, I, look, I, I definitely think it's a it's a combination of, of things. Most definitely, when you get the product in the hand, when the phone rings again, you know, for the third and the fourth time, of people saying, "Bring us more beer," bring, you know, and 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 that kind of that. Well, you're starting, you know, at a, at a very micro level, starting the mechanics uh, of a business and so forth. Is it a relationship established? Is a commitment? that needs to be upheld uh, and it's that momentum that then you, well for me anyway, I started to feel comfortable with that this is something we can we can grow here and... Uh, but John, there are plenty of people who stop at that point and they say, that's great, we can just be a contract brand. I'll get yeah. somebody else to make the beer. I'll design the labels or, you know, my mate Shags who's, you know, really good with the spray paint, he can sure. do us some posters so we can, we can have a presence. But... What? Why then? You know, go. No, you know what? We're going to break ground, and we're actually, you know, put them on the line. Yeah. Well, in our in our case, our uh, our like the opportunity to contract was never a permanent, uh, never a permanent solution. Um, the the undertaking was there on the basis that let's try this with a view to move forward. It was yeah. So, you know, being a contract uh, brewer for, for forever was was never a part that of wasn't the plan. What you no, to absolutely be. Yep. not. You know, I think, you know, what one of the one of the you know roots of of I guess what we're doing here is to brew beer locally. You know, I see a lot of um, you know that that's one of the, the things that I love about about beer is local, fresh. Uh, so without having that, um, it's hard to be that. Just from my own standpoint here in the Noosa community, 
uh, I think really, you know, we'd probably struggle moving forward to, to hold that, you know, uh, to hold that position as a local, you know, entity without having a physical presence. Yeah. At the same time, you've got a third generation business family um, on the Sunshine Coast. Yep. You don't survive three generations without having good connections in yeah. the, the community. When you said, look, I'm going to start making beer, I've got the, this beer, how advantageous or how helpful was that to you to use those business contacts when you sort of suddenly start knocking on people's doors saying, take oh, my beer? Look, incre- yeah, uh, that, that's, that goes without saying, you know, it's... you. you you grow you grow up you know in the environment you know a lot of your friends have venues you know um certainly with our other business we've got a lot of you know long-standing uh relationships you know with hospitality with um with other facets of business around town so look if i had yeah i that was a, another mass a massive part of the combination of factors that 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 led us to where we are now um, in terms of ticking the boxes of what we see as a sound business model. You know, when you opened mm-hmm. and put the, the tanks in, where do you see your beer being sold? Look, we, uh, we definitely uh, definitely have a uh, first round, round of KPIs to, to be selling the beer um, locally in town. So we'll want to be on, you know, be selling draft wherever possible. Uh, and then and then packages in local bottle shops. Um, I definitely, um, you know, would would love to see us. I mean, we got 250 restaurants in town. <clears throat> That's a massive opportunity, you know, in package to be. Not all of those venues have taps, so um, packaged will be a huge part of our program. Um, have you installed packaging line, or will you no, get contract no, so, in? So uh, to to uh, to kick off there will be um, there's a, a a guy you know mobile canning line locally I think Mike Edwards is his name so he does sort of three seventy five and five hundred mil cans so a little bit of variety there and then as as we move forward like we'd like a little bit of an open book approach to to packaging as well like with that with that hyper local restaurant scene you know especially with some of, some of our limited edition beers and and so on and so forth if we could mix that packaging up just to keep things new and fresh for that particular market is is something that we'd ideally like to do no doubt we'll see how that goes when the challenges arise with mixing it up like that but uh yeah are you in package now or are you just selling no, a we're draft not, yeah. beer around surf yeah. clubs and stuff yes, like that exactly at the yeah yeah so we're just just in kegs at the moment so tell us about the brewery equipment. You've uh, you've gone with Spark yeah. system. What size brew house? So we're a fifteen hectolitre, uh, three vessel, gas fired. Um, so mash louter, um, kettle whirlpool. Um, we've got uh, three um, double batch or thirty hectolitre fermenters and one thirty hec bright, and then uh, three fifteen hec uh, fermentation vessels and one fifteen hec bright. So. Yeah, very happy, very happy with that. And uh, the guys at Spark were able to to, uh, to turn that around pretty quickly, which became like a massive focus for us when we took on our venue. Now, you, you're in an area where last night we had Heads of Noosa launch. Yeah. Just down the road, you've got Land and Sea. Yeah. We've just come from Umundi. Um, yeah. You know, within a, fairly, within a very short um, distance, you've got three breweries and take it out a little bit further, you've got four breweries. How do you see the um, market? Um, it's very um, tourist-oriented market. Lots of people coming and going. 
a little bit hard to build a brand in that area and then your local community are they beer drinkers are they supporting craft beer or you know where, where do you see the, the the growth coming with so many breweries in the space yeah that's that's a pretty pertinent question uh look i my observation of this market and you know that's that's through a lot of research is i would consider it pretty green uh on the on the whole so what we've got here in Noosa, I kind of nicknamed them the Peroni Brigade. Uh, you know, that's that's very much where you know a lot of the a lot of the pallets are. Um, but I see that as a big opportunity. You know, if we can sell those drinkers over and and make sure that we've got those nice bridging beers, and I, you know, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to the fact that craft beer or independent beer. Um, and, and I think a lot of these drinkers do perceive that a craft beer is an IPA or a double IPA or something that's extraordinarily hoppy. So my interpretation of it is that it's local and fresh. So, you know, a nice, we, we can brew a nice, clean, you know, easy drinking lager that's, you know, done small batch in our brewery. And I think we can win those drinkers with that. Uh, so those, those core beers are, are hugely important. Um, to what we're doing here to make sure that from day one we're not alienating you know those drinkers when they come to the brewery got you know we're straight to what do you normally drink here try this and we can begin the journey with them then embrace them make them feel a part of the program and then in time <coughs> go exploring with them 23 years ago or so um, mountain goat first started and the thinking behind their name was that a mountain goat is a pretty hardy creature and it's pretty hard to for it to fall over. <laughs> for the the, the non locals, yeah. talk us through boiling point and why that sense yeah. of place and yeah, look because it's probably a bit more turbulent and dangerous perhaps than uh, say. Yeah, look, I mean, boi- boiling pot means so boiling many, pot, sorry, bo- boiling pot. No, that's all right. Uh, boiling pot means you know so many different things, but the first thing it means to someone uh, who's local is it's the first really beautiful lookout you get to when you enter our our national park over at Noosa Heads there. So you park in the national park um, car park there if you can get a park, uh, probably one in 10 do, and then start to wander into the park and the first little, you know, um, part you're going to get to is this beautiful outlook. It looks out to Tea Tree Bay and beyond up to the Noosa North Shore all the way to Double Island Point you know, back into Main Beach over Little Cove. Like, it's a pretty special place. And it's funny you guys are here today because we've currently got a cyclone sitting off the coast, just hovering out there, sending some pretty awesome waves uh, that way. So when we get these cyclone swells, you get a a real carnival atmosphere down there. There's about a thousand surfers trying to jump off the flat rock, half of them being swept back onto the rocks, you know, is uh, everyone's out at the point there trying to get the wave of the century sort of uh, enter point break coming out of the water, the 50-year storm. Um, so, look, yeah, boiling, boiling pots are a, 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 a really special place in town uh, and, and, you know, to Noosa itself. I love the fact that, you know, we do get a few questions on our name. People come and go, boiling pot, why boiling pot, you know? And then two days into the trip, I'll get a phone call from someone going, I get it! <laughs> when they're standing at boiling pot or I get this photo of the sign sort of in that in that spot. But obviously, you know, uh, it draws a lot of, uh, you know, um, it's a large part of the brewing process, obviously. Uh, 
I think, you know, definitely as time goes on, when you see our, our marketing strategies and so forth, we'll definitely be, be mixing it up. You know, we definitely want to be a platform for, you know, young local designers and whatnot, uh, of which we sort of cohabit the space where our venue is with, um, to give them a platform to, to show off their talents as well, of which there's so much around town and, and, and whatnot. So... Boiling pot means a lot of things to us. Obviously, mainly, you know, it's it's uh, it's geographical location, but yeah, a lot more. But there's obviously it's, it's important for you guys that there's that a sense of place. Yes. But there's also that sense of community, and in, and and I hate that you know the whole term you know lifestyle brands and that sort of thing. And yeah. there's a, there's a reasonably I don't know if you've heard of them. There's a reasonably well known brewery up in this state who sort of were almost um, criticised for for not going that kind of embracing that surf. Mm. side of things or, or or was expected that they would so was it was it important that you are part of i don't want to say that because it, heads of noosa and that sort of thing is is clearly okay everyone from outside of the area would know where yeah, that is yeah yeah uh but look you're kind of going for i guess something a little bit more esoteric a bit more yeah kind of, uh look i, I like that I, you know i've always when i when engaging with brands like to secondary discovery uh, and, and things like that, um, you know, definitely, you know, for a local, it, it resonates. And then I think as people visit the area, which is, you know, certainly early days where they're going to experience our product and so forth, that that's a bit of a part of their, you know, of their trip up here. And, and you know, certainly when we when we send them away, they're going to be well, in, well, we hope they'll be well in tune with, uh, with why we are who we are. And, uh, and it's and, pretty cool that you can give them that, that kind of light bulb moment. Even yeah, if, you, even like if you're not, not there to experience it, you know it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that is subject to them doing the uh, walk through the national park, which I which uh, they should do. If to anyone listening, <laughs> now mate, let's talk about beer. Um, yes, the, the the beers that you're making are they your recipes? Are they something that you develop from your homebrew um, period, or is it something that we uh, talk to Pedro about? Yeah, look, a little bit, little bit of a combination of both at the moment. Um, you know, early days. Certainly, the the golden our golden ale that we've been selling in market up here. You know, the fundamentals of that recipe. Um, you know, were were brewed underneath an old Queenslander out at Tawanton with the uh, cliche dog in tow. Uh, and then we, you know, definitely when we scaled that recipe up to to brew with uh, with the boys up at Mullaney. Um, you know, we definitely had some professional guidance on, on, you know, appropriating that recipe for, you know, for a commercial brew. Uh, we do have a, you know, so we, we are coming into the brewery with a number of, of recipes, but, you know, Pedro's our, you know, our head brewer. We're certainly looking for his input on those moving forward. Um, we far from... Uh, say that they're perfect, can't be touched uh, and whatnot. We are looking for continuous improvement every batch that we do. So Pedro's, uh, Pedro's influence and input on recipes and whatnot's massively valued. Uh, and we want him to own, you know, to own and be proud of those beers in town. You know, it's a small town. We don't need him being accosted at uh, the local surf club. <laughs> so, so what is the, uh, the, the, the launch range? You've got your golden ale that you've been contract brewing till now yes correct so so look we've got our basically right here right now uh where we're three three beers that we're focusing on uh one's a mid-strength uh pale um at 3.5 percent uh the other's a munich helles lager at four and a half 
uh, and then our golden ale at four and a half also, of which uh, we'll be keen to give you a try of once we wrap this up. Absolutely. Well, we, we might uh, have a chat with Pedro now. Sure. Thanks. Thank you very oh, no, much. Don't, don't, don't disappear. We'll come back. Ah, oh, okay. You also <laughs> need to vet anything that he says just in case. You know, make sure he's telling the, the <laughs> yeah, corporate right. line. Pedro Bevilacqua de Luca, thank you for joining us on uh, Radio Brews News, Beer is a Conversation. Um, not quite a household name in, in the brewing industry. What, what's your background? How did you come to be a boiling pot? Uh, it's a nice, interesting uh, thing. I, I grew up in Brazil, in Rio. Uh, did my education. It's on... not a local name then? Uh, it's a local name in local Brazil. Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> it's a local name in Brazil. Uh, um, the, the surname is Italian because I have an Italian heritage. Uh, I went to, to, in Brazil, I went to my whole life to a German school and that gave, gave me the opportunity to get to know beer in a very early, a good beer in a very early age. Really? Is it because oh, German, I... German schools give children beer? Or? Uh, oh, I want to go to that. No, yeah, but yeah. once you are children going to, to a school where, uh, where they have Oktoberfest every year, you have the opportunity to steal a beer every now and then. So. Bring it on. Should be more of it. Um, my education on brewing started in Brazil when I did a technician's course on brewing and fell in love with the art of, of beer, beer making. Uh, after that course, I, I, had, I was sure in my mind that I wanted to be a brewer. Uh, I applied for a course in, in Berlin, in VLB Berlin, graduated as a brewmaster in VLB Berlin, moved to, to, to Munich to work for Pollen and Hackabshaw Breweries, where I did my apprenticeship with a German brewmaster who taught me a lot of what I know today. Nice breweries to apprentice. Yeah, very, very nice. I was... Uh, Lucky enough to, to work with two Kasper Schultz equipments, so one from 1986, uh, both of them working at the coction machine, which is something that is not common in other places in the world besides Germany and uh, probably the Czech Republic. Living and uh, studying and working in, in Europe, in, in Germany, gave me a lot of opportunity to, to get to know, to, to get in touch and uh, to de- deepen myself in the, in the European beer culture. Uh, the fact that I was alphabetized in German also allowed me to to, to read a lot of, on brewing history that Germany has so much, so much to offer. And uh, when I went back to Brazil, uh, I started I, I built myself a, a pilot plant to in the dream to brew a brew pub, but Brazil was not ready to for those kinds of business in that time. So I I transformed my 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 pilot system into really. Uh, a place to develop, to develop new recipes and started working for a brewery uh, that I ran for five years. I ran a brewery in, 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 in Rio. Uh, it was for the first three years that I worked there, it was a, a contract brewery. We only did contracts for, for gypsies, gypsies who wanted to have their own product. And after these five years, I I decided to, to, to look for something else. I Since my 16 years old, uh, I always dreamed about coming to Australia. Once I got out of the brewery in Brazil, Australia was the first place I, I started looking for uh, uh, a job and to, to come here and to try to be a part of, of, of this whole uh, craft beer revolution that is going through the, in, in the world. Um, I came to Australia for the first time last year on February. I spent 20 days around uh, the Gold Coast in Sydney. Uh, I visited a did few you breweries. Did News at that stage? I did. Okay, yes. So, there you go. so was I helpful? 
I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> I think so. Yes. I think so, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Because no. we get a lot of emails, but it's this is a story that's starting to... It's all uh, starting to make yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I spent 20 days uh, around Sydney and, and the Gold Coast visiting breweries and getting to know the area. I fell in love with what I saw. Uh, all that I thought about Australia really showed that it, it was true. A nice, nice people, a nice market for beer. Uh, a, a whole industry that is growing exponentially and I said to myself okay this might be a good opportunity for me uh, I had to go back to Brazil I had some still had some issues to solve there and in the middle of the year I said to myself okay I'm going I'm, I'm pursuing this dream I'm pursuing this opportunity and I came to, to Australia on September in the middle of September uh, spent 10 days in Sydney visiting different breweries, uh, trying to, to, to find a job, and I was lucky enough to you get in contact. You got the right bid for a Sydney brewery. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not the belly, though. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and I got in contact with John, and John was, uh, we started exchanging emails, uh, and he said to me, okay, come to Nusa, I'm building a brewery here, and I think you, you have what it takes to, to give us what we're looking for. So this, this was your first brewing job? In Australia, yeah. yeah. In Australia, yeah. Uh, and I don't think I could be any more lucky to be in a, in a place like Noosa. Yeah. <laughs> do you surf? I do. Oh, you do? Okay. I do. So, I do. So that was further down on the order of priorities. It wasn't a one to I, I sent emails beer. from Darwin to Victoria, from West Australia to the Outbacks, and I ended up in Noosa, so I, I, I must be very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about your, your, your German trained, obviously, and the Germans are very precise, Reinheitsgebot, all of those sorts of things. What's your personal approach? Um, did you follow those precise rules of the Germans, or do you take more of a, you know, that artisan approach? When I was there, I had to. Uh, uh, so Palana and Hakapshaw are very traditional breweries in, in Munich, and they followed it, the Heinheitsgebot very strictly. Uh, so there's a lot of the things that the brewing industry uses, uh, it's not allowed to use in, in Germany, for uh, just as, as a curiosity. Uh, in Germany, you're not allowed to carbonate your beer with a bottle of CO2. If you want to force carbonate your beer, you have to collect the CO2 that is produced during fermentation filter it, pressurize it, and then use it again. Uh, so a lot of limitations uh, in, the, in, the, in the brewing industry in Germany, but that's something that helps you understanding the process a lot better and gives you tools to go around a lot of, a lot of the problems that the industry faces you with. Uh, my approach to beer is uh, eclectical. Uh, for s uh, historical beer styles, I always like to, to keep the the tradition alive so for some of our so you're going to try our our helles today and our helles you're going to see it's natural carbonated so in the end of fermentation i just close the the outlet of co2 and let the the yeast do its job uh, but just after uh i grad i i I finished my, my apprenticeship in, 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 in Germany. I went for the craft brewers conference in, in San Diego. And there I was faced for the first time with the American beer school. Uh, I spent almost two months there visiting different breweries. I have some friends who graduated with me in, in VLB who were working at some, some of the nicest breweries in, in America. And I, I was impressed with uh, this new world of beer that America goes goes so I I I am a really big fan of uh, 
traditional beer styles, but I also have a really uh, passion for new brews and uh, all this new world of beer that America pushed the world uh, into. So with the um, the three beers that uh, John outlined before, Hellas bread and butter for you, straight up and down, you'd know how to make one of those. Germany doesn't have a big tradition of mid-strength brewing though, so you're making a mid-strength beer. How are you finding your skills and experience and training applying itself to, to that style of beer? I, before, I think even before thinking about mid-strength beer is uh, the mashing process here. Uh, just like in America, all most of the equipments here are single step mashing, and this is something I'm not used to. And in Germany, I, I worked with decoction on most of the, the brews I did. Uh, in Brazil, uh, I had the possibility of to do not decoction but step mashing, and here I was faced with single step infusion, be stuck to a temperature. Into getting better uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask. Did you come in and everything was yeah. pretty much out of the box and? Uh, out, of, out of the box, uh, yeah. we were. He already ordered the equipment. It wasn't yeah. here yet. Yeah. I just, we, I just helped on setting up and put it up, yeah. to, put yeah. it up together. You love the challenge. Don't I you? love the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it, you said that with such sincerity. Yeah, it is. It, Did it, you learn some new swear words in both, in both German and oh, Portuguese? We're wrong in the swear words. <laughs> <laughs> when he's up, he's up. Oh, you're kidding. You've got like, <laughs> and um, a bit of Italian in there as that's well. It. <laughs> yeah, there is. Uh, so it is for me. It's really interesting because this. Uh, I, I was. I've been working in the. Well, my education started in 2010, and so I've been in in the brewing industry for almost nine years, and I was never a part of a startup of a brewery. So John gave me the opportunity uh, to be a part of really a startup of a new brewery, something I've never done before. So putting up the tanks, uh, leveling them putting the pipings together. This was something I never done. And this, this gave me a, an opportunity to get to know the equipment in, in a way that I never did before. Uh, not only that, now I ha I'm gonna have to brew beer with what we have there. And this puts me in a position that I have to learn a lot of, of things that I, I, didn't, I didn't do prior to coming here. So I feel really glad and, uh, and appreciate very much the fact that here, uh, I think every day I become a better brewer because I, f I am faced with new challenges, really new challenges every day that I have to overcome. And this is, this is something to, that for me, it's really exciting. With the Spark Brewhouse you've got here, you've been contract brewing up at Brewhaha with the same brew house. Yeah. Um, have, have you been up there brewing? Um, so so yeah. have you been sort of working up at the... Uh, Bruhaha Brewery, so getting used to the equipment and getting that experience? Yeah, before we, we had uh, all the stuff here, uh, Johnny told me to go to, to Milani to get to know the, the guys from Bruhaha. They were kind enough to have me there. And for, f I, I think I did four brews, four brews with them to get to know the equipment, to see how everything works and their method methodology of work, which is quite different than I was used to. And for me, it was really good because, first of all, I got in touch with nice people who I can exchange experience with. Uh, it was a long time, time since I brewed, so it was so good to be again in touch with all the raw materials, smelling the wort, uh, doing all the stuff that we brewers love to do. So it was a really nice opportunity to get to know the equipment I would be working with and to get to know the people who are involved in the brewing industry. So it was really great. 
just um, people listening to this at home would have caught a little bit of the hopefully the emotion in your voice, but your face actually lit up um, and got very expressive when you were talking about the aromas and the sensory pleasure of brewing. It, it's obviously something that really resonates with you. You you, you love that aspect of the, the brewing process, the smells and the you know the the, the, the feel of the ingredients. Yeah, I'm I'm a very passionate brewer. Uh, I love everything that surrounds beer. Beer is uh, it's almost a sacred liquid. It's the reason for it's the reason behind men getting changing its way of life from a civilization. Yeah, the, the civilization the, started with beer. Uh, Germany uh, gave me the opportunity to get in touch with a lot of the, the beer history and heritage from Europe. Uh, so I appreciate very much what beer offers us. And I, I'm a quite... Uh, I'm in love with beer and what I do. I love the flavors. I love the science behind it, the history, the smells, the uh, everything that is surrounds beer for me is so interesting and then puts me in a position of awe. See, we're at a disadvantage. You can say, I love beer as an Australian and you just sort of sound like Norm or Homer yeah, Simpson. Yeah, yeah. When, when you say it with a well, Bas- accent. Bas- Bas- with an accent. Maybe yeah. that's what we need to do. We just need just to... Just bungle an accent. Bungle yeah. an accent. <laughs> <laughs> just in love. <laughs> it it legitimises it. So, well, See if his face lights up when you talk about cleaning. That's when you put some. I'm mowing the lawn. That's when you put somebody else on. Hey, I'm interested before we let you guys go. But Pedro, um, I, I guess, and and John, I, I'm guessing, and I can tell by the the passion that you have for this caper that it's a, a big part of it is the fact that it's it's very much a community. Um, and particularly in this little neck of the woods, yeah. it's very, we were just talking to Christian, it's very collegiate, it's sort of very collaborative, it's very sort of, um, uh, you know, everyone's a competitor in a business sense, but you're all mates. And I just wonder, Pedro, whether that is that, does that come from the Germans as well? Or is that something that you're finding is new to you? No, in Germany, uh, brewers are friends, but they don't exchange as much experience and, uh, let's say, secrets and information as as uh, as 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 we do uh, here. In Brazil, it's a lot like here. Uh, Brewers are very close together, and they they exchange information. They they contribute a lot on each other's brew. A lot of collaboration brews, and this is something that is not normal in Germany. In Germany, the brewery really stays by itself it's something that is uh singular it's not a plural thing uh but uh in here uh as as much as in brazil i feel like the 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 community of brewers is very uh together very in in contact with each other uh always always trying to help each other and push everyone the, the whole business forward which i find very very nice and I think the reason behind that is that uh, in Germany, the brewing industry, it's already very well established. It's cultural for them. Uh, everywhere else in the world where beer is not as... Uh, ingrained. Pres- yeah, yeah, ingrained. So we're still learning. And, and we're... I, I, yeah. yeah. So I find this to be really helpful uh, for, the, for the whole industry because uh, what we are trying to do is to get the consumer who drinks mainstream beer. Can I to- make a comment there too? Just, I think, like, just going back to your, mm. you know, uh, comments maybe, you know, about the, the crowded nature of the, the, that this market may be becoming. 
um, you know, you've seen it, you see it in, in wine in particular where Reed, you know, there's a lot of thriving businesses in, in, in areas and this collaboration with, with other breweries, you know, like the guys you're talking about at your Monday, there's nothing they won't do to help, you know, look at the help we've had from Mulaney up the road. Um, you know, the associate, all the, all the brewers on the coast get together on a, on a, on a very regular basis, you know, nothing's off limits. I think everyone's super collaborative. If we don't all get to a place where we're making beers that are worth talking about when you go home, then we're at risk. But if everyone's sharing that quality, you know, that intel and whatnot, and collectively we're working to get to, you know, a, a place where we're making extraordinarily quality products, um, you know, if we all achieve that, we'll, we'll be, you know, the area will be bulletproof. Everyone wins. Exactly. Yeah. So I think, you know, it, it's... Uh, just another point on that message of that collaboration. It's uh, it has to keep you know it's so worthwhile and has to keep going to get us all, you know, to that level. Yeah, and, and together, together, really take notice. Everyone yeah. achieves more than than you would as as a group of individuals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of little Davids going after a big Goliath. <laughs> yes, that, I, that's the feeling. I Two Goliaths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he's pretty big too. Well, John Medill and Pedro Bevilacqua de Luca. Um, <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Three in a row. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I can't remember his name, but yeah. uh, uh, um, thank you very much for joining us on Beautiful nice. Conversation. And yep. uh, all the best getting up. The one question that we haven't asked uh, John, and because I'm too scared to. When are you opening? Nah, yeah. So where? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll give you council's number. And, uh, nah, no, no. Ideally, look, we're I think in about four weeks we'll open the doors to, 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 to reach to, to our to our tap room. Uh, you know, call me in a month, and and if. Uh, if nothing's changed, I'll just give well, you the same answer. Yeah. So, uh... so you haven't commissioned the brew house as yet? Oh, all... yes, we have. You have? Yeah. Okay, no, cool. So we've commenced our industrial use. Right. We're, we're brewing. So the wholesale, so the wholesale side of our business um, is, is, is you know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's just, yeah, getting, this, getting the uh, the tap room up and running and and so on and so forth. That's all been a big learning curve for me. Uh but yeah, we're getting different there. to a car yard. Yeah, a little bit. Well, well, even then, we talk about that. You know, the the community side of things. Imagine if you were the first cab off the rank, like whoever had to do it first, had sure. probably had a lot more trouble than even oh, the, the boy what oh, you guys look, had. And that, and that's not just with from a planning point of view or anything like that. You know, from getting a tap or, or you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Hail the forefathers. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go uh, try some of Pedro's boiling pot beers. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much awesome. for joining us on Beers of Conversation. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks, yeah. guys. No worries. Good luck with your project. Thank you. Very much appreciated. And that was John Medill and Pedro De Luca from Boiling Pot. Once again, we thank Josh Donohoe from Sunshine Coast Craft Beer Tours for putting together our itinerary. If you're on the Sunshine Coast, we can't think of a better way to visit the region's breweries or a more engaged host. You can find a link in the show notes. We also thank Rallings for making this show possible. While we've been focusing on their canned sleeves, you can also speak to them about all of your beer labelling needs. Even if you have an established supplier, have a chat to Rallings label stickers and packaging and find out how their flexibility can make things easier for you. Call Rallings on 1300 852 235 and that's in the show notes as well. 
Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation. And we look forward to another conversation next week. Music